Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. Here's something I know every woman can agree on. Stubborn belly fat can feel like the worst, especially when you've tried everything to lose it. Not to mention, belly fat can be dangerous for us too. According to a brand new study, women over 40 who have excessive belly fat are up to 20% more likely to suffer a heart attack. And no surprise, hormones are involved in belly fat production, which is actually good news because we can optimize your hormones and metabolism for a flatter stomach. And that's exactly what I'm offering to you as a free gift today. My Belly Slim Down Guide gives you three effective strategies to get rid of belly fat, along with recipes to reduce bloating, balance your blood sugar, and speed up your metabolic furnace to optimize fat burning. So grab the Belly Slim Down Guide with my proven protocols and recommendations and recipes now at drmarisa.com slash slimdown. That's drmarisa.com slash slimdown, and the link will be in the show notes. Getting a pulse on how you want to feel is one of the very first steps towards creating optimal health. Now, before I dive into the three critical reasons to maintain metabolic flexibility, I want you to take a moment and just do a little self-inquiry. I want you to ask yourself, how do I want to feel in the next 30 days? Is it energized, well-rested, joyful, productive, strong, toned, youthful, maybe feeling good? And note that you can want to feel all these things. I am all about the yes and, especially when it comes to how you want to feel. Now that you've gotten clear on how you want to feel in 30 days, the cool thing is, is you can reverse engineer and make a plan that delivers those results and create a life and a body that feels good to you. And here's why. Everything in our life is created twice, first in our head and then in our actions. And that's really what this episode is all about. When it comes to our health and how we want to feel in our body, it all boils down to how we can support ourselves on a cellular level, all 37 trillion of them. Now, my goal in this episode devoted to metabolic flexibility is to offer up information and tools to get you the results that you want so that you can feel really good and handle your business, whatever business that is. Now, although optimizing your health is unique to each and every one of us, one of the biggest levers we can pull to feel good is optimizing our metabolic flexibility. So today I am devoting an entire episode to breaking down what it means to be metabolically flexible and to share three reasons why it matters throughout our entire life and especially as we get older. And then I'm gonna share four big levers on how to actually become metabolically flexible because most of us don't necessarily know how to do it. Because I believe that once we really understand what it takes, we can put the practices and habits into place to make it happen. And if there's one thing I know to be true is that when women know how to do this, they implement, right? Especially when it comes to having energy, well, enough energy for our family, our friends, our community, our work, all the things that matter most to us. Now, Optimal metabolic flexibility is literally the difference maker between thriving in midlife or feeling pretty miserable. That's why at my Hormone Relief Summit, that is happening literally right now. 
I am showcasing multiple doctors and experts on this topic because it's such a critical piece of the puzzle. Now, if you haven't registered, the time is right now, like today, because today's talk specifically focus on fatigue, metabolism, blood sugar, and so much more. Now, I'm going to have the link to register because I know you are looking for powerful solutions and... There is no better time than getting those solutions. So go to ReliefSummit.com slash podcast, and you will immediately get today's incredible talks that you can go and choose from and just really gleam the information from this amazing event. All right, now that you're all set, let's kick off with the most obvious question. What is metabolic flexibility? Well, the easiest way to explain metabolic flexibility is to use an analogy. Let's take cars, for example. Now, a standard car has one fuel source, gasoline. This is like someone who is metabolically inflexible. So easy access to processed and high-carbohydrate foods create carb-dependent, metabolically inflexible people. So relying on carbs as a single fuel source means the body loses its ability to easily use fat as fuel and vice versa. If we are in ketosis for way too long, our body forgets to use carbs as fuel source as well. Now, a hybrid vehicle is flexible, switching between gasoline and electricity for its fuel. Sometimes it gets all its power from the electric motor, other times the gas engine, and sometimes both. In each case, the car uses its fuel source to run as efficiently as possible. This is metabolic flexibility. Instead of gasoline or electricity, our bodies are going to use glucose and fat as fuel. Now, when we are metabolically flexible, we can easily switch between fuel sources to maximize efficiency. So if you have good metabolic flexibility, your body will quickly adapt to burn whatever it consumes. For example, if you eat carbs, you will burn carbs for energy. If you eat fat, you will burn fat for energy. When you go for long periods without food, like a 14-hour fast, your body will continue to burn its fat stores for energy, meaning you don't have to rely on a mid-morning or mid-afternoon snack. Now, good metabolic flexibility allows your body to switch between breaking down carbs or fat really easily. Achieving metabolic flexibility can help you achieve these incredible benefits. One, better weight maintenance, increased energy levels, better health, lowers the odds of developing a metabolic disease like cardiovascular disease, more consistent, healthy blood sugar levels, improved sleep, optimized workout performance, and optimized productivity and brain function. Now, to dive deeper, I want to quickly explore why metabolic flexibility is so important for your blood sugar levels. Now, as I mentioned earlier, metabolic flexibility means more energy efficiency, which is what we want. We want to be firing on all cylinders. We don't want to have to think about whether we have energy or not. We just want to have it. Now, if you're metabolically inflexible, your blood glucose levels will likely go up higher than normal and stay up higher for longer than they should. You can't have optimal glucose values without being metabolically flexible. Metabolic flexibility allows you to properly utilize energy rather than inefficiently store it. So what it means by that is when we inefficiently have too much glucose, we end up storing it as fat. And oftentimes it's like visceral belly fat or fat around the organs or it's even a fatty liver. Now, weakened metabolic flexibility will eventually lead to insulin resistance. The best example of compromised metabolic flexibility is really insulin resistance. Remember, when you're metabolically inflexible, it will lead to raised blood sugar levels, right? And continued high blood sugar levels, as we know long-term, 
creates a situation where we have to produce more and more insulin to manage the increase. Then the cells that make insulin in your pancreas become overworked and dysfunctional. Over time, your cells start to ignore that persistent insulin signal, like, you know, the boy crying wolf, and stop removing excess glucose from your blood. This insulin resistance can lead to long-term metabolic and health problems. Now, when we see insulin resistance and long-term metabolic inflexibility, we see an increase in type 2 diabetes, obesity, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol. Now, your body's ability to use its fat stores become impaired, leading to weight gain and obesity. Now, when your body is metabolically inflexible, it alters the mass structure and function of your mitochondria in your cells as well. This is a major concern. As we all know, mitochondria are the powerhouses of your cells and you do so much more than that. They're literally, they are reading out signals for stranger danger. Like they're making decisions whether it is safe to do certain things in the body. Now, when your mitochondria are having to work harder, they end up having to produce more byproducts called free radicals. Now, too many of these free radicals in your body can trigger illnesses like cardiovascular disease or cancer. And there are tons of research today that directly correlates mitochondrial dysfunction with these two types of diseases. Now, short-term metabolic inflexibility can also bring immediate negative symptoms. And these are symptoms so many of us know all too well. So not being able to use fat stores between meals, not always feeling super great, right? Feeling tired, moody, anxious, brain foggy. And this is why metabolically inflexible people tend to snack more between meals because they're needing that kick. So short-term symptoms of metabolic inflexibility include getting sleepy after eating carbs, you can't go two to four hours between meals. You have to have a midnight snack or a midday snack or something to sustain your energy levels. You get the midday crash every day after lunch between like two and four o'clock. Fasting is difficult. And if you manage to power through the discomfort, you get worse results than you were expecting, like muscle loss and very little fat loss. And you can't function without a steady stream of stimulants like coffee, tea, or sugar-filled drinks. Now, these are also what I consider to be the exact symptoms of deregulated blood sugar levels. And it really speaks into being on the blood sugar roller coaster. Now, the reason why I know this is because I can relate to all of those symptoms because that was pretty much my 20s. Now, outside of supporting stable blood sugar levels, there are three very powerful reasons to have metabolic flexibility at any age, but especially as we get older. Number one, better weight management and maintenance. As I shared before, when you do have metabolic flexibility, you can burn carbs easily and you can burn fat easily. And if you don't eat anything at all, you're still burning fat. That's like when you're doing that circadian fast in the, in the middle of the night. In this manner, you can switch between carbohydrate metabolism and fat metabolism easily and efficiently and you're able to maintain your weight or even drop excess weight, especially as you get older. Now, more importantly, it means we can really trust our bodies to do what they're meant to do. The more metabolically flexible we are, the less we have to micromanage our macronutrients and calories. We can just eat nutrient-dense whole foods, obviously, right? We don't want inflammation. And that satiety signal is actually going to be accurate and reliable, which is amazing. What it basically boils down to is having metabolic flexibility means we have more flexibility. We have more room for error. And when we're metabolically inflexible, 
we really don't have that room for error. Like all of a sudden we're just putting on weight and it seems like we didn't do anything to change what we're doing. Just what happens is that once we're in a state of more metabolic inflexibility, it kind of banks on top of one another and it can tornado out of control. And that's why we see if you know we head into our 40s and we have a little bit of insulin resistance, but we haven't made progress into becoming more metabolically flexible, it just starts to get worse and worse and worse. It compounds in a negative direction over time. And that's why we see the sluggishness, the low energy, the weight gain for no reason. And it's almost impossible to get rid of it, right? Well, I'm going to be sharing exactly what to do in, in the next couple of minutes, those four levers to push in a second so that no matter where you're at, you can get back into metabolic flexibility. Number two, we preserve our mitochondria and maintain our energy levels. This is so critical, as you know, probably one of the biggest reasons why I want all of us to have metabolic flexibility is so that our mitochondria are thriving and working in our favor. Now, a 2007 study took muscle biopsies of aged match, metabolically flexible and inflexible subjects. The flexible subjects had far higher mitochondria density and burned more fat on a high fat diet. People with poor metabolic flexibility had dysfunctional mitochondria that produced less energy than healthy mitochondria. Now, if your mitochondria are subjected to too much oxidative stress, they simply don't work that well. They are very sensitive. If they contain an proportion of linoleic acid in the mitochondrial membrane, they don't produce very much energy. Having too few mitochondria that don't even work all that well will severely limit the amount of energy that you can produce. It makes switching between fuel sources very difficult. It makes utilizing your stored body fat between meals very, very difficult. And it makes snacking almost inevitable because you simply don't have the energy. And if you're burning the fuel you're taking in, you're contributing to energy excess, perhaps the most fundamental cause of insulin resistance. It's kind of like a catch-22 right? If your mitochondria aren't working properly, your energy efficiency isn't working properly, you end up eating more because you're not feeling energetic. That just gunks up the system even more. Number three, reduce risk of chronic metabolic diseases such as heart disease, dementia, diabetes, and cancer. As you know, I've shared this before, and I'm so excited to have Dr. Sarah Godfried really dive into this pretty soon on the show. Cardiovascular disease is a metabolic disease, and it's the number one killer in women today. And it's probably going to continue to be such if we don't become more metabolically flexible. What I know and what the research shows is if we significantly decrease our metabolic inflexibility and get our bodies into a state of metabolic flexibility, we have the ability to really significantly reverse or lower our risk for cardiovascular disease. And this is so, so critical. And this is why I'm doing this episode today is I totally know what the number one killer of women is. And I know why. I know that it has everything to do with the fact that we don't have that level of metabolic flexibility and we need it. We absolutely need it. So given all that, how do you get started with metabolic flexibility? Now, if you're not sure how to assess and adapt your metabolism, here are four strategies that are going to help you to get started. And you don't necessarily need to implement all four, but they can absolutely help when they're run in tangent. So strategy number one, track your glucose. Now it's challenging to know what happens when your glucose levels, unless you are actively tracking them. Now you can't physically see what food makes your glucose levels spike and put strain on your cells. The only way to track your blood sugar in real time is to use a continuous glucose monitor, like I have over the past year and a half. 
It lets you actively see which lifestyle influences and which foods directly impact your blood sugar levels. Armed with this knowledge, you can make simple yet effective changes that improve your metabolic health in real time. That's what's so cool about it. It also allows you to experiment with foods to ensure you find a nutritional plan that is personalized to your individual body's needs. Now, tracking glucose gives you statistical data that directly shows the impact of any lifestyle changes that you make on your body, which is pretty, pretty cool. Now, I will have a link to go and check out getting a continuous glucose monitor inside of the show notes, just in case if you're interested in checking it out. Number two, focus on your diet. Obviously, (laughs) diet always affects your metabolic flexibility. Remember the phrase, you can't outrun a bad diet? Well, it's true. Even with regular exercise, bad diets put stress on the body at a cellular level. Eating hormone-loving foods and avoiding processed, refined foods is the best place to start. And it goes without saying, avoid the standard American diet, right? The excess sodium, refined grains, processed vegetable oils, added sugar, even sugar substitutes, right? This contributes to the fact that approximately half of all American adults have at least one or more preventable chronic diseases. That's a lot of people, a lot. Now to improve metabolic flexibility, focus on whole foods and minimize your added sugar and refined carbohydrate intake and starchy intake as well. So lowering your carbohydrate intake helps you to reduce your glucose and insulin levels. It puts less stress on your cells. It improves your metabolism and improves your metabolic flexibility. Also, you can try cyclical ketosis. If you're already thinking about changing your diet or starting a new one, then cyclical ketosis might be a good option for you. It really just depends. Now, cyclical ketosis diet involves a standard keto diet for most of the week, but adding in periods of carbs throughout the week. Now, the standard keto diet is low carb, high fat. Adding in some carbohydrates to your standard keto diet brings your body in and out of ketosis. This process allows your body to use both glucose and fat as fuel and become more metabolically flexible. The perfect cyclical keto diet is very personal. Some people thrive with one higher carb meal per day in their routine. Others do better by adding one full higher carb day per week. Now, the best way to find your ideal pattern always is to measure. A CGM can really assess in real time how your body is responding. Number four is intermittent fasting. Now, timing when you eat plays a pivotal role in metabolic health. Intermittent fasting or not eating for a set period each day of 12 to 24 hours helps combat insulin resistance and improve metabolic flexibility. Fasting helps to reduce insulin levels pretty quickly, prompting your body to switch fuel sources to use ketones. Research identifies that intermittent fasting has several other benefits, as it preserves lean muscle, reduces cholesterol levels, reduces oxidative stress, reduces inflammation, increases dopamine levels, and if you're looking to improve metabolic flexibility without affecting lean muscle mass, which we all are, then intermittent fasting is a well-researched place to start. Now, what I love to do is I like to stop eating after 6 p.m. and then roll over to around 7 or 8 the next day. That way, I usually wake up in a fat-burning state. Now, one of my favorite ways to really know what's going down for me is I use a device called Lumen. And Lumen, you breathe into it. 
and it is checking your CO2 levels. There's a lot of research. It has an algorithm, but basically it'll show you one is mostly fat burning, five is mostly carb burning. It'll find you somewhere in that range. And usually most mornings I wake up at a two, which is mostly burning fat, or a three, which is burning both. And ideally we're waking up from our fasted state overnight in a mostly fat burning state. So it's just something to think about. Like I have all these different wearables that really allow me to get really clear of like, okay, if I wake up at a four, which is burning mostly carbs, I want to know, okay, what did I eat the night before? Did I get enough sleep? What, what are some of the things that contributed to me waking up still burning carbs? And what can I do to move myself closer into the waking up burning mostly fat? And again, when I have this kind of data, then I can reverse engineer, okay, what was it that I did? What kind of changes can I make in order to wake up in a fat burning state? Number three, get enough exercise. Obviously, right? We need to move our bodies. So physical inactivity is one of the leading causes of metabolic inflexibility. Exercise is key in fighting this because it helps to control our blood sugar levels. Studies show that exercise increases mitochondrial content, improves glycemic control, and improves insulin sensitivity. Also, it improves muscle mass, which in turn helps with blood sugar regulation. Now, improving insulin sensitivity helps our bodies maintain healthy blood sugar levels, and it helps us to maintain more metabolic flexibility because we're able to burn carbs as we consume them. Now, trying different types of workouts in your exercise routine, you know, honestly, is the name of the game when it comes to becoming more metabolically flexible. Any type of exercise is really a win, even walking. I walk every single day. Today, I'm clocking. I'm looking at my Fitbit right now because I'm recording this Sunday night, I have walked 12,500 steps today, and I'm probably going to get at least another 500 steps in tonight because as a mama, as you know, mom's got all kinds of stuff to do late at night before heading to bed. So that's going to be me. Now, some experts believe that incorporating a mix of walking and strength training gives optimal results. And I'd have to agree. Walking improves mitochondrial function while strength training, that means weight training, promotes insulin sensitivity and blood sugar management. Also, weight training boosts muscle mass, lean muscle mass, which is what we want. Now, regardless of the type of exercise, moving your body every single day for at least 30 minutes a day is recommended as a preventative measure against developing metabolic diseases. Now, hands down, these are the four ways that you can boost your metabolic flexibility and stay in that zone. And when you're consistent with two or three of them, you will see a massive difference. And I'll tell you what, because I'm doing all four, I am working out and strength training four to five times a week, and then I'm walking every single day, hands down. I am doing pretty much a circadian fast where I eat dinner early and then wake up in the morning and have a protein, hormone-loving meal the next day to kind of set the tone for my metabolism. Obviously, focusing on my diet and managing my blood sugar, those have been so key. And as I've spent more and more time dialing these things in, I have seen more improved strategies and success in terms of my energy levels, my sleep, my productivity, my brain function, how toned I am, my weight, all those things have played into it. Like I've seen them work personally. And, you know, 
even at 43, like I feel, I feel in better shape. I feel more toned. I feel more metabolically flexible. I can measure that with the Lumen and with the CGM than I did in my, in some of my thirties. So that's why I'm really excited to share this with you because this is how we thrive. This is how we have energy. This is how our bodies function and we prevent really not so fun metabolic diseases, right? Now, if you are loving what I shared with you today and you want to dive deeper into this, into some of the talks that I that I have on the Hormone Summit, by all means, be sure to register. Again, reliefsummit.com slash podcast. And we're going to get into the nitty gritty. Like I did my best to kind of do the nitty gritty today. I wanted to just give you a great overview and then the four levers to pull. But the experts that I have on this on this summit are really going to get into it and really going to give you a lot of actionable tips to begin to implement these four levers. So again, register, go and listen to some talks, get what you need and get out and get served. Like I really want you to feel served in this event. And as always, thank you so much for listening in on the Essentially You podcast. The show is all about providing tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body. If there is someone in your life that needs to hear this episode today, like they had no idea what metabolic flexibility was or how to get into it, share it with them. Send a text message to them. Let them know. Share it on Instagram, wherever you want to share it. That way we continue to spread the word about hormone literacy and we start to change the way that women understand and know their bodies. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.